everyone. Welcome. We are with Pastor Troy Jackson. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. So to start, can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing in Fort Worth? So I'm a pastor in a church called New Beginnings Church. And what we do is we develop people to, in our congregation, in our community around us to be what I, what I consider biblical citizens. And what is it, uh, people may ask, well, what is a biblical citizen? Biblical citizens know the biblical process of handling their finances, of handling their family, their relationships. They're, they're all aspects of kingdom building. Uh, when it comes to soul winning, they take a, uh, not the normal approach, but they take a real solid biblical approach because they've been taught the, the Jewish roots of Christianity, the Jewish roots of our faith. And so they have a different perspective on engagement. They have a different perspective on engaging in the civic arena as well as just in every aspect of life. And so that's kind of our focus. But we also develop our people to go to the school board meetings, go to the city council meetings, go to the commissioner's course meetings, go down to Austin, Texas, and 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 pray for our legislators and meet with them and have conversations with them that most other people are not having. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can you walk us through yesterday, please? Yes. So yesterday was amazing. So I was actually um, headed to a Tarrant County Community College board meeting, and I got a text from another friend of mine that um, was going to a Fort Worth ISD meeting, and he told me, he said, Pastor, if you're available, I really need you to stop in here. This meeting starts, I think it started at 2 o'clock. He said, I really need you to stop in here because they're trying to hire a counselor to head up a um, process that will help people that think they're transgender on on campuses start to um, assimilate into their transgender lifestyle and, and help to basically affirm that way of living and that way of life. And so what I shared with them was, no, that's not acceptable. So he shot me the address and I detoured from the meeting, that board meeting I was headed to, to go over there. And, you know, because one of those things, sometimes you can't really rally the troops, but you can still go where you need to go Mm -hmm. um, at any given moment to make things happen that you need to make happen. So I detoured and I, I, I go over and the objective was for them to was to get this person that would stand in as a counselor to be able to help people understand that, well, you know, God didn't actually make you what, what you are and what you believe you are is what you are. And this counselor was going to not necessarily counsel them into who they are should be, but counsel them into who they are not which I think is, a, is, is, is not a good thing. I don't, I've never saw that as a good thing. And so I came in, I signed up to testify, and I was the first one up to testify. I was shocked. They called me up first, and a couple of people said, well, I think they called you up first because you're a pastor. <laughs> and they figured you were going to give them a whole lot of scripture, and, and, and they just wanted to get you out of the way. Mm-hmm. And so needless to say, when I got up, I didn't give any scripture because I've learned how to when you go into these arenas, you don't always have to quote scriptures because it does me no good to quote a bunch of scriptures to people that may or may not be believers. Mm -hmm. So but you have to be masterful and such a student of the word that you can deliver the word in a practical manner without quoting a single scripture. And Mm -hmm. 
it causes people to think and to really reconsider whatever actions they were originally considering. Mm -hmm. So when I get up to testify, I made the case from a different perspective than what most believers would have made the case from. I made the case from the perspective of, okay, so what you're telling me is that you're going to create another class of victims. And they asked, so what do you mean? You're going to create another class of victims in the fact that you're going to hire someone to counsel them. And basically that person has a pool of people that they can victimize because they're going to build trust in this counselor that's affirming them that may be a transgender person or someone that just likes to some pedophile that likes molesting children. And I told him, you're going to end up in a legal in a huge legal situation like the Catholic church did, because you're going to have someone that you've hired to counsel people that now they have all of these victims and years down years later from now, they're going to come back to you and they're going to start filing suits and talking about how they were victimized and how this person took advantage of me and you hired this person. And so you opened the door for all of these legal lawsuits and class action lawsuits and things of that nature. And that's probably not a path that you want to go down as a, as a members of a school board, because, and if you notice, I never said anything about what the Bible says, and I didn't give them any scripture. This is just practical application. Mm -hmm. of life. And I gave them an example, not a worldly example. I gave them an example of something that happened in a church. It just so happened to be the Catholic church. But I gave them that example and they remembered that example and it was a relatable example because it's not so far in the past that they can't identify with what happened in the Catholic mm -hmm. church. And I said, so what are you going to do? You're going to start moving this counselor around so that you can hide him like the church did? I said, I'm not, I'm not standing up for the church or against the church. I'm just giving you the reality of what has already occurred mm -hmm. and letting you know that you're opening the door for this to happen in your district and that that would make each one of you as board members liable for suit because you're voting for this person to be in here and do this. And you don't know that, okay, this is, is this really in the best interest of the child? Not just the, the, the gender conformity or it. I saw it. I, I approached it more as a. There's going to be some real solid legal ramifications that you guys are going to have to deal with mm -hmm. when you have this. And so they begin to talk amongst themselves and they ask a few questions and I answer their questions to the best of my ability. But it really sparked thinking because and what I got from that was. They were all considering actually passing this on. So what I found out later was the meeting that I was in was actually a committee meeting. And the committee was planning to pass this on to the board for next week to be voted on and passed into the school board. So I was able to stop it at the point of the, the, the committee meeting so that it never goes before the board and becomes on the official agenda. Wow. So is that and, what happened after? And, and so afterwards, I'm hearing from all of these, the, 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 from many of the people that are on this committee saying, thank you for saying what you said, because I never looked at the legal aspect of it. Mm -hmm. And I just knew, and I had a couple told me, I just knew you were getting ready to preach to us because you look like you were getting ready to preach to us. 
And they, and, and, and I even had one gentleman say, he said, you really did preach to us without preaching to us because you made us think about, I could be sued personally for this. I could, I could end up in a civil suit because mm-hmm. of this decision if whoever we hire for this position ends up harming one of these young people. And how are we going to figure out, how are we going to make sure that this is not someone that would harm them? Mm-hmm. And because I gave them the perspective of, okay, so you say, well, I don't want to hire a man to do it. You hire a woman to do it. I say, do you know that just as many women molest as men do? The thing about it is just not talked about. I know mm-hmm. of many men that have been molested by women. And the thing about it, it's years down the line before they'll ever talk about it because the men are always the last ones to talk about their 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 molestation. Mm-hmm. It normally manifests in anger and and, and, and and physical violence toward their spouses or their children. And when you get to the root of it, you find out it's because some male or female molested them at some point in their life. Mm-hmm. And now that they're married and have family, those though that anger from there has manifested over here. And so now we have to get them in a place where we break that generational curse off their life. Mm-hmm. And it was it was like a, a light bulb and the cartoons went off in their heads like we didn't think about this. And we were about to unanimously vote to pass this. And so it ended up overwhelmingly failed. Wow. So only one person continued to vote for it out of out of a, out of seven. So the vote was six no's and one yes. Praise God. Praise God. God is able if we will just show up. Mm -hmm. What was the environment outside of the meeting? Were there any protesters? Oh, it was. It was very hostile. And, and, you know, this, this was the amazing thing about it. I think the protesters didn't know that that wasn't where they were supposed to be. Because I've been to many places where protesters were there and they were there for a cause and they were there really believing in something. Or, but I believe these protesters were probably sent to the wrong location. And this is why I believe that, because when I went in, I come through the protesters and then when I come out, they're all gone. I've never had that happen. And I'm like, where did all those crazy people go with all these signs? Like there was somebody with a sign that said something about white guilt. What does that have to do with what's on the docket today? Right. And, and someone else had a sign that said, uh, white silence equals violence. What does that have to do with anything? Mm-hmm. And then there was somebody else that said some, a sign, something related to police brutality. There's another something that it's like, do you guys even know what this meeting is about? Mm-hmm. It's someone just tell you. And that's how you know these people are being hired to go places to protest. Mm-hmm. But my thing is, as a pastor... Even if, okay, so maybe some of the pastors that are watching your show are saying, well, I I just don't have the fortitude to go and testify. But you're in ministry. So if you can't go testify, what you can do is get together a group from your church and go minister to the protesters. Mm -hmm. Go out there and start praying for the protesters. Start praying with them, minister to them, get them saved. You've got a, there's ground right there to be tilled. Maybe you're not the person to go speak in front of the school board or the city council, but -hmm. just like you're doing ministry in your church, you can do ministry Mm -hmm. right there on the battleground front lines, right there with the protesters. Mm -hmm. We're not called to be feared. We're be fearful. So I want to encourage pastors not to be fearful. 
but to stand up for God. Because remember, he said in his word, if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before my father in heaven. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure most pastors don't want to be denied when they when on their judgment day, when they're standing before God trying to figure out if they're going to enter in or not. Mm -mm. Because this is a pivotal moment in society. And we have to stand for something because our people in our nation are falling for everything at every given moment. So it's time for us to speak up, to stand up, and to show up. Mm -hmm. And when we speak up and we stand up and we stand firm in our convictions and we show up, we push the devil back into a corner where the Bible says resist the devil and he'll flee. So resisting means we need to push back on him, not just run from him, not mm -hmm. just resist temptation, but push back on the devil, push back on his tactics, push back on what he's doing. Wherever the devil is doing something, the church needs to show up. Mm -hmm. I don't care what it is. The church needs to be prevalent. It, we need to be there in the face of the adversary and say, devil, you can't have our community. You can't have our people. You can't have our children. You are a liar. And we are going to fight for our nation, for our community. We're going to take America back to God. We're going to take whatever state we're in back to God mm -hmm. because it is for him. We live and we have to he has to be the fabric of everything that we do. We're, if we're just standing up in the pulpit on Sunday and, and, and we're not making disciples of men. Why are we doing it? Mm -hmm. If we're not going into all the world and preaching the gospel, why are we doing it? Go retire. Go live on a yacht or something. I don't care. But what I want to share with the pastors that, that may be watching, if you're not going to get on the bus and drive it, get out of my way. Because mm -hmm. I will run you over. Because this is not the season for wayward, weak-kneed leaders, weak-kneed, mm -hmm. sissified pastors. This is We're in a war in the spirit. And this is time for us to take... The, take our territory back by force mm -hmm. because God in Genesis, he gave us dominion. Why are we giving so much territory to the devil? Mm -hmm. We got to take it back. We do. We sure do. <laughs> I'm sorry, Lindsay. I know I was just going on, but I, I get into that mode because I, I, I really believe that I'm part of the remnant and I'm anointed to do what I do. Mm -hmm. God has called me for such a time as this to do what I do. I almost walked away from doing what I'm doing years ago. But I believe that as I see the anointing flow and as I see the, 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 the things that happen as I get into these different mountains of influence and I see the anointing and I see the Holy Spirit move and I see people healed and delivered and set free and, and I see generational curses broken and I see generational blessings released upon them. I believe I'm in my zone right now. Mm -hmm. And I want the pastors to join me and get in their zone and mm -hmm. let's take territory back. Let's take our children back. Let's get our fathers back into the homes so that they can become the leaders that God has called them to be. So mm -hmm. that we don't have children trying to figure out what their identity is. You know what your identity is because the father is in the home and the father has affirmed your identity. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's fantastic. Well, Pastor Jackson, thank you so much for joining us today. 
Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you guys so much. Keep up the good work at CDF.